Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee emphasized the experience of Christ as life and the practical oneness of the believers. He was unbending in his conviction that God's goal is not narrow sectarianism, but the body of Christ. Through his messages in these life studies, he stressed the importance for us to grow in life and to function as Christians so that the body can build itself up. We're happy to bring you recorded portions from his ministry today, along with some of our own thoughts. And we welcome your comments and questions. You can reach us toll-free at 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Now let's join today's program. We have all heard about the Antichrist. But did you know that there are only four verses in the Bible that use this term Antichrist, and they are all in the Apostle John's epistles. While many people today are awaiting the Antichrist, you might be surprised to learn today that there are actually many Antichrists. This is Matt Miller, and Bill Lawson has joined me for First John Life Study Message number 31, entitled, The Principle of Antichrist. Bill, thanks for helping me out with this program today. Yeah, it's a joy, Matt. Bill, before I let you say anything, I'd like to take a few moments to read the four verses that I referred to that mention this word Antichrist, and then I'm going to let you give an introduction to the program. The first one is in 1 John chapter 2, verse 18, and it says, Young children, it's the last hour, and even as you heard that Antichrist is coming, even now... Many antichrists have come, whereby we know that it is the last hour. Then in 1 John 2.22, Who is the liar, if not he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. Then 1 John 4, verse 3, And every spirit which does not confess Jesus is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, of which you have heard that it is coming and now is already in the world. And the last one is in Second John, verse 7. For many deceivers went out into the world, those who do not confess Jesus Christ coming in the flesh. This is the deceiver and the Antichrist. Bill? This is uh, quite a interesting portion here, Matt, because I think with most of us in our background, we consider that this Antichrist in end times theology with the number 666, this one is coming and everyone's looking for him, waiting for him. But when we get into John's epistles, it's a little bit different as far as principle. Of course, we know there is such a uh, person as Antichrist, who is definitely coming at the end of this age. But even at the time of the Apostle John, this is back in 90-95 AD, there were already the principle of Antichrist. In other words, anti, of course, in Greek meaning not only against, which we are quite familiar with, but anti also means to replace Christ, a substitute for Christ. 
uh, something instead of Christ. So this has quite, quite a broad meaning here. Well, let's go to Witness Lee, and he's going to start right out in the very beginning talking about these four verses, the ones that I just read. So let's go to Witness Lee for today's life study message. In these four verses, you read again, you could see there is a principle of Antichrist. Let me read to you again. Verse 18 in chapter 2. Young children, it is last hour, and even as you heard that Antichrist is coming, even now, many Antichrists have come. Surely here implies a principle. If you are that kind of person, if you practice that principle, you are in the category of Antichrist. At the early days, during the Apostles' time, no doubt, a strong talk, a strong teaching would have been going on there. Uh, they talk about Antichrist, Antichrist, Antichrist is coming. And then John, all of a sudden, says here, many Antichrists have come. Not only one, not only that one. Many have come already. And this implies a principle. Then you go to uh, verse 22. Who is the liar? If not he who is denying that Jesus is Christ, this is the Antichrist. The principle is here. What is the principle for one to be an Antichrist? The principle is that you deny something of Christ's person. For instance, Serendus, he denied Jesus being Christ. He separated Christ from Jesus. You see, he denied. Of course, the Greek prefix anti denotes against, also denotes instead of, replacing. So anti-Christ, the meaning is this, you are against Christ, and you are replacing Christ. To be anti-Christ is to be against Christ, to use something to replace Christ. Now let's talk about this Greek word for antichrist that has two meanings. Firstly, against Christ, and secondly, replacing Christ. I think this is a helpful description to understand this principle of antichrist that the Apostle John was talking about, not just against Christ, but also replacing Christ or instead of Christ, like the modernists did. As you're saying, Matt, this matter of anti mainly we think that is someone who is fighting directly, physically even, maybe against Christ. But anti, again, in the Greek, has profound meanings. It means also, and probably more importantly, replacing Christ. That means people and their ways, they can actually replace Christ with what they are in their living and so on. So, There are many substitutes for Christ out there in the world today. We know this very clearly. So in that principle, all of those substitutes are antichrists. They may not be antichrists in person, but they may be antichrists in principle as far as what they do or what they're involved in 
takes us away from the very uh, enjoyment of the person of Christ himself. So in that sense, they are substitute for the real thing. It's not just a false Christ where someone is pretending to be the coming Christ, but we're talking here about Antichrist, those who deny his deity and those who replace Christ in, in many different ways. And it's not just someone who's against Christ. I think this is the new light for me as we're getting into this. You think of Antichrist, you think he's someone who's just against Christ. But it doesn't mean you're just directly against Christ. You, you could be against him in a way that you're replacing him, substituting him for something else. Anyway, let's get back to Witness Lee and get more into this matter as he gives us an illustration today of an Antichrist. Here's Witness Lee. When you deny what he is, spontaneously you will replace him with some wrong items. For instance, the modernists today, they deny Christ as the Redeemer. They don't admit that Christ died on the cross for our sins, but they say Christ died on the cross just for martyrdom. He was persecuted for his philosophy. He was put to death for his kind of teaching. This means they deny Christ as the Redeemer. Then they replace the Redeemer with martyr. Christ was a martyr on the cross. He was not a Redeemer. He was a martyr. They use martyr to replace the Redeemer. And this is instead of Christ. So today, we all have to realize we must be careful. We must be careful. Don't deny anything that the Lord Jesus is. Don't deny anything that Christ is. Don't deny any part, any aspect, any item of Christ's person. If you do, if you deny any aspect, any item, any part of the Lord's person, uh you may make yourself Antichrist. You may say, no, 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 no. I'm not an Antichrist. No, no, I'm not against Christ. You are not against Christ consciously. But you are against Christ unconsciously. Can you see this? Bill, that's a good place to stop with the question. Could you see this? I'd like to ask all our listeners right now, could you see this? That these people are unconsciously antichrist. I wonder how many people on the earth today who are actually antichrists right now living on the earth, how many of them even are aware that they're antichrist? I mean, some are consciously against Christ, but I think there's a lot who are just not careful. I mean, Witness Lee just said concerning the person of Christ, we need to be very careful not to replace anything. And unconsciously, many today are antichrist. But don't you think they don't realize it? This is quite shocking, Matt. Brother Lee talking there about the denying any aspect of Christ. That means if you deny not only his divinity or suppose you deny his real humanity, that it was just a phantom, then that also is antichrist. If you deny that he's the father, that's the principle of Antichrist. If even we have a problem with verses like 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, where Paul says, now the Lord is the Spirit, or in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45, where 
Paul also says the last Adam, Christ, became the life-giving spirit. Even if we deny that aspect, in principle, we are antichrist. Any aspect of the person of Christ concerning being the Father, being the Son, being the Spirit, any of these things, we just replace Christ. In principle, consciously or unconsciously, we can be antichrist. That's why it's very, very serious. Well, this matter of the... uh Lord being the spirit that you just referred to is going to lead us into the next section of the program, Bill. Before we go back to Witness Lee, I'd like you to tell our listeners what you told me before we started recording this program about the biblical archaeology review related to a very popular book today, which follows this same principle of the Antichrist. Matt, yes, I was recently reading my last latest issue of the uh, Biblical Archaeology Review, and they did a review on this book called The Da Vinci Code, and it was quite interesting. When I got into it, I realized this is exactly the principle of Antichrist today. In this particular book, which is very popular, I think even on the New York Times bestseller list, it is a mixture of history, uh, heresy, and very, very attractive thoughts concerning particular history today, and I just realized this is today, in principle, the principle of Antichrist. It is a substitute for Christ. There is a lot of denial of the deity of Christ, and I just wanted to mention that this today is really what's going on a lot in the world today. You have these even bestsellers today where people are raving about these books, and they don't even know that this particular book is in the principle of Antichrist. It's a denial of a number of the aspects of the uh, person of Christ, plus it's a replacement, it's a substitute. There's a lot of heresy, a lot of false history, and so in that. So, as Brother Lee said, we need to really be aware of all these things out there today. Bill, that's a perfect example of my question earlier about do you think that the people who are actually Antichrist today realize they are? There's an example, I'm sure. Some of those people involved in that are consciously against Christ, but others are very unconscious and innocently, just ignorantly replacing Christ with things and not aware of it. Let's go back to Witness Lee for the conclusion of today's life study message. You do have a verse in... Second Corinthians 3.17 The Lord is the Spirit. And you have a confirming verse. That is 1 Corinthians 15.45b The last Adam became a life-giving Spirit. I don't think any word could be more clear than these two verses. This is the Bible. Let me tell you one thing. In the Far East, I got into this realization since 1933. I was under the teaching of this strict section of the brethren. And their teaching was no doubt. Three separate persons. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Ghost. By that time, they mostly used the word Holy Ghost. That was the uh, teaching I inherited from the brethren, and that, no doubt, corresponded with the general teaching in Christianity. I came into the church life since 1932. And the very next year, I went to stay in Shanghai, 
and uh, the church in Shanghai invited a Chinese preacher who was working with the China Inland Mission. And one day, he was invited to the church, and he spoke on the Lord Jesus being the Spirit. He strongly stressed, don't think that the Lord Jesus is one and the Spirit is another one. He said, absolutely not so. Jesus and the Spirit are one. I heard Brother Nee sitting at the corner at the back. I never heard he shouted, Amen, that lonely. That surprised me. And that kind of saying was also a kind of shocking to me. And I heard the Amen. Then <laughs> that in, was in the afternoon. It was about 5 o'clock, close to evening. And uh, I went to him. Uh, sometimes uh, we too used to take a little walk, you know, little walk. Then in the walk, I said, Brother Nee, what? What? Jesus Christ is the Spirit? Oh, he said, yes. Witness, you must, we all must know this. And this must be uh, our message. So I began to study the matter. You know what? The more I study, the more I got confidence. Bill, this is a great story, a great example of a, a testimony of Witness Lee and how he first heard this matter of the Lord being the Spirit and the impression it made on him. I think this story is priceless. I want to ask you, though, why is it so important to stress this matter of the Lord being the Spirit as revealed in 2 Corinthians 3.17 and 1 Corinthians 15.45? Otherwise, why would this evangelist, this native Chinese evangelist from the China Inland Mission in Shanghai in 1933, stress it so much? And why would Watchman Nee amen it so loudly? And Witness Lee is there shocked, asking Watchman Nee, are you sure this is right? Because he had a background in the brethren where they didn't believe this way, that they believe that they're separate. And I think a lot of listeners may have this same kind of believing that they are separate. Yet, Watchman Nee says, no, we have to make this our message. They're not separate. I think, Matt, it's a good question. I think most of us have a traditional background like Brother Witness Lee did. You know, he was with the Benjamin Newton's uh, group of the uh, Brethren for about seven, seven and a half years, and he learned a lot of fundamental basic doctrines meeting with them. And surely one of those basic doctrines he learned was the matter of the triune God, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. But I think like most of us, like you said, we consider them like three separate persons. And so in that particular fellowship where Watchman Nee and Brother Lee were together, uh, laboring together, and then the evangelist from the China Inland Mission mentioned the matter that the Lord is the Spirit, right away, Brother Nee, it registered in him that this is the truth that we need to preach. And Brother Lee, because of his background, was somewhat shocked about how can this be. Uh, I think a lot of it, like you say, has to do with experience, Matt. Uh, we know from the divine truth in the Scripture that the fact that the Father and the Son and the Spirit are the three of the triune God. 
and mainly in theology, surely we all hold to this in a very prevailing way. But there's another aspect of experience where if we don't realize that, for example, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, where Paul says, now the Lord, referring to the Lord Jesus there, is the Spirit, we cannot experience this very God who has come into us, who is everything to us. So I would say our enjoyment and experience of the very God that we know is made real today by the Lord second of the triune God, becoming the life-giving spirit in resurrection. Now we can enjoy him, we can partake of him, we can participate in him. All that he is and has, we can enjoy that. We can become absolutely one with him because the Jesus in the flesh is the man, but his other form in resurrection is the life-giving spirit. In other words, Jesus is the man in the flesh. We know this. But the pneumatic Christ, the Christ who is the Spirit, is the other form of the Lord Jesus as the life-giving Spirit, as the breath that we can enjoy and experience. Well, Bill, I don't think we can stress that enough today that we need to know this so that we can enjoy and experience. And I hope some of our listeners, you know, you mentioned earlier that Witness Lee, because of his traditional background, was shocked. I just have this feeling inside that there's someone out there listening right now who has that same reaction because of a traditional background, a traditional understanding of the Trinity, it's hard for them to accept these words. But if they really want to enter into the enjoyment and experience of Christ, they need to realize the Lord really is the Spirit. As the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 45, and also 2 Corinthians Chapter 3, verse 17. Bill, did you want to add any final word before we uh, sign off today? Right, Matt. Just briefly, uh, years ago, Brother Lee put out an article in a magazine that impressed me just to the, the height. And he said that the two natures of Christ, his divinity and his humanity, they concur in his one person without separation, without mixture, and without forming a third nature. And this definition of Christ really, really helped me very much to show his two natures and his one person for us to enjoy and experience. But that particular person with the two natures concurring in his one person, that one needs to be experienced by us becoming the life-giving spirit. That person became the life-giving spirit through his death and resurrection, and now we can enjoy him and experience him in every way. And I believe this is what uh, Brother Lee is referring to, that we need not deny and should not deny any aspect of the Lord's person. He's both God and man, and I think you would agree, we want to be those believers who enjoy Christ and experience Christ uh, in all of his riches and not be an antichrist in any way, shape, or form. I think this is our desire. Bill, we've run out of time, but thanks for coming in today. It's very good to be here. And thank you for staying with us. If you'd like to get the printed materials that go along with this particular program and also others, there's two volumes that cover the entire life study of 1st, 2nd, 3rd John and Jude. You can call us to get more information on that at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Or you can write to Living Stream Ministry, P.O. Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814, or just send email to radio at lsm.org. And before you go today, I'd like to ask you, is Christ something or someone 
that you enjoy? Or is he just a doctrine and a teaching that uh, hasn't quite come into your experience and enjoyment yet? I'd like to leave that thought with you. Thanks for joining us. On behalf of Bill Lawson, this is Matt Miller. Please join us again for our next program. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Living Stream Ministry is dedicated to the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China during the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Watchman Nee sent Witness Lee to carry out this ministry in Taiwan. Later, the Lord led him to the United States and eventually to the rest of the world before he went to be with the Lord in 1997. Living Stream Ministry now has hundreds of titles by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee available in English, plus many in more than 50 other languages. To find out more about Living Stream and all that we offer, visit our website, lsm.org. You can also reach us toll-free at 1-888-543-3788 or email us, radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening. What is the church? The church, which is his body, the fullness of the one who fills all in all. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 23. The body of Christ is not an organization, but an organism constituted of all the regenerated believers for the expression and activities of the head. The body of Christ is the issue of the incarnated, crucified, resurrected, and ascended Christ who has come into the church. By means of the ascended Christ's heavenly transmission, we are made one with him, and thus his body is produced. Scripture, Ephesians 1.23 and commentary from the New Testament Recovery Version published by Living Stream Ministry. For more information, visit lsm.org.